good to be at the top. Am I right, Dave? Nice. It tastes so good. <laughs> God, <her> name sucks. <laughs> Unnecessary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip across the world for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolachkowski. Boys, how we doing? I'm quite upset and angry today. Mm. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Dave. It's good to be on top, isn't it, Dave? Feeling it strong. So good. So good. Yes. We both got our W's in the Champions League, too, man. Let's mm, go. Tasty W's. Nothing like a tasty, tasty W. How did Chelsea do? What was they did well your... as well? Yeah, they won yeah. their Champions League game. And what about you, Brady? Uh, Oh, in, in the Champions League? In Champions League, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And there you go. We, we uh, aren't in it. In fact, we tied Ren uh, in the Europa Conference Ooh. League. I have uh, I don't even know what that is, so I hope you have fun with that. <laughs> yep. Hey, Ren is probably the other best team that doesn't make any sense to be in that, so cool. Thanks, guys. I told you I'm upset. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats to you and yours. Quick shout out to Ian Scarlato. Ian, running things behind the board, adjusting our levels, making us sound perfecto, turning our podcast into the fine audio quality product that it is. Thanks to Jen for helping us run our social media accounts. So today... Uh, today's weather is just like Brad, thick with anger, I would say. <laughs> you fall is right around the corner. It's going to storm tonight. There's a storm brewing inside Brady's brain and outside as well. I'm just However, making it all happen. Wow. That's your superpower. <laughs> Sport anger controls the weather. On a positive note, trying to keep things positive, my motto of the week is focus on the positives for everything in life. Uh, it, I need to have the positive vibes because of what happened to my sports teams, except for Chelsea. Woohoo. And we're not even going to go into the details of that. Cause I don't want to talk about it. Cause why we're focusing on the be, positives. It seems to be a recurring yes, nightmare yes. for you, <laughs> but we, my I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. My what you're existence is pain. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you don't because think, yeah, just, uh, nope. Too close to it. We're going to get away from it. <laughs> I honestly thought you were talking about me because I've just been so negative about the fire Chicago <laughs> and stuff for the last few weeks. But, you know, well, I'm going to think luckily, about the positives. Yeah, luckily Liverpool, we'll get more positive. so good. Yeah. So good I, right I've known you for long enough. I know what kind of fan you are. Thank you. And Thank I think you. overall you, you are a pessimistic fan, as am I, but I have good reason to be, as you do, yeah. as we all do for the fire. But we get each other. 
Man. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> hey, Man United lost this week, guys. Let's be positive. It's good stuff. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> very happy about that. Now, let's move into Chicago soccer. The Red Stars did not play this week. Still on their break. The next time they play is September 25th, this coming Saturday, 7 p.m. versus the Portland Thorns. Big game. Big game. Don't have a whole lot of news. What we're going to do is look at that Portland Thorns game. I checked the internet. I don't see anything new about Julie Ertz. And the reason Mm -hmm. I bring that up is that's my biggest hope is that we at least get an update when we come back. Maybe we get a healthy Julie Ertz who comes back, lights a fire under our butts, and off we go. Yeah, man. I really hope so too, because I, I spent like another 20, 30 minutes myself today trying to find anything about her status update and nothing. And then nothing. I even like was kind of hopeful that she played for the women's team this week for the US, not on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then um I don't know, even her her uh, social media like Instagram, there's like nothing since the Olympics on it. So which is so dark. curious because most sports injuries. It's way too much. You have five articles all saying the exact same thing. So this is it's a mystery injury, which is usually not good. Like the mystery meat that you used to get in elementary school. <laughs> I don't know what's in the meatloaf, but it's usually not good. So stuff. I have no problem believing that. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to think here, but fingers crossed. Hope you feel better, Julie. Brady, looking ahead to that game, what are the things to look for when facing Portland? Well, Portland are OP. They're ridiculously good with a bunch of very, very good players. However, six of their players are away on the international break, some with the U.S. national team, some with other clubs. Uh, However, during the Olympics, the same thing happened. They had a ton of players go on international duty, and they were 3-0 during that time. So it doesn't seem to affect them very much. They seem to have a very deep team. They're five, three, and one away from home. So there is an opportunity here. We could beat them. Uh, They play in a 4-4-2 diamond, which basically clogs up the middle of the field quite a bit. And then their width comes from the outside backs. I hope that our 4-2-3-1, the Red Stars typically play in that formation, looks more like a 4-3-3 in this game, meaning that our wingers push way up the field and just become extra forwards in this game. It's a good counter move against a 4-4-2 diamond because it forces those outside backs to either stay home or if they do get into the attack, they're always looking over their shoulder. Where is she? Where do I need to be if I lose the ball here? Stuff like that. Uh, As far as players to look for on Portland, Bella Bixby is a force in goal. Nothing easy goes by her. She also cleans up anything in the box. It's She's impressive. Megan Klingenberg, uh, defender, ex-U.S. women's national teamer, mostly an outside defender, but we've seen her play in the inside as well for Portland this season. Angela Salem is their rock in center defensive mid. Uh, She'll be key in the midfield battle. She's been with Portland for a very long time. Olivia Moultrie is the youngest U.S. women's professional in any sport. Uh, got her first start and first goal this season. She's 16 years old. That's insane. Uh, she had to go through all this rigmarole just to be a professional and to play for 
the NWSL this season. She's not going to go to college. Soccer is her life. And that's pretty crazy. It's not that crazy when you think about it in regards to male soccer. But for females, this is a breakthrough, especially in the USA. So I would love to see her play, especially because there's a bunch of players playing internationally. Maybe she needs to fill in a spot. Oh, and by the way, Christine Sinclair is good. And she did not go to international duty. She retired from international stuff. So she will most likely start and will most likely be the best player for Portland. Uh, This is going to be a tough game for the Red Stars. And I hope that we come out strong and hopefully with Julie Ertz in the lineup. That'd be fun. I was going to say, it sounds like the Red Stars are going to have their hands full. Mm -hmm. uh, Specifically with trying to get anything past Bella Bixby. Yeah. So... Looking forward to this matchup. Big, big game coming back after the break. Both teams should be well-rested, ready to go. Saturday, September 25th, 7 p.m. Make sure you tune in for that. Now, moving over to the fire. This is not going to be fun to talk about. Mm. So what I've done is compromised a list of fun facts. And whenever we feel that we just can't discuss more terrible things about fire, I'm going to throw a fun fact out there to just focus on the positives. That's a great idea because there's not a ton positive to talk about with the fire right now. (laughs) These fun facts aren't necessarily positive, but really they're just to take your mind off of the depressing reality of the fire in its current state. So without further ado, we will start with Chicago Fire's matchup. That took place Wednesday, September 15th at DC United. This was a zero to three loss for the fire. Uh, Yeah, they really did look pathetic in this outing. All three goals against were in the first half, which is wonderful. Uh, Do we want to burn through one of those fun facts now? (laughs) (laughs) Right away. Right off the top. I'm going to challenge us to go a little bit longer because I don't have that many. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Just wanted to point out that Pineda was benched as we were talking about the last few weeks. So yeah, call that Brady. Um, Mm -hmm. It was necessary. And he actually didn't get any playing time this game. Also, uh, Barish doesn't start this game or the following. Yikes. Yikes. The first goal was a penalty. Uh, against us. And it was an obvious penalty, obvious pullback by Tehran. There are ways to use the dark arts that are less obvious. This was <laughs> very obvious. Uh, great run by Ola Kamara off the shoulder. Basically one yeah. of those. Now you see me. Now you don't. And a perfect pass. Take a bow. Jordi Reyna. I do really like him. Just a perfect pass. Yeah, perfect through. Ball. It was a beautiful pass, but you can't do that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I will say, though, it was a sick penalty scored uh, by Kamara there. Uh, Bobby didn't stand a chance. He got him to bite right away, and that hesitation's lethal. He does the little hop, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just freezes, too. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. So let's go into the second penalty conceded by the <laughs> fire. Uh, Espinosa got to start it right back in this game, and boy, was he bad. He gets smoked by Kevin Paredes, a player that is, I think, four years younger than Espinosa, so that's great. 
so he got smoked and then decides to dangle a leg in the middle of the box. Never a good idea because if I'm an attacker, I'm just falling over that thing. And it's always going to be a foul. It's always going to be a penalty. Failed signing. Seconded. I will also mention that that was the laziest leg I've ever seen left <laughs> out there. Like Paredes, yeah. like falling over. It was Please comical. I laughed. Yes, I laughed out loud. I was like, wow, make it easier for him. <laughs> uh, Chicago Fire have been helping Kamara take the lead for the most goals scored in the MLS. That's one thing we can say we've done. Um, he now, at this point in the game, leads Rui Diaz five, 15 to 14. And he didn't even start right the now. season. And Rui Diaz has been playing just about yeah. every game. So that's incredible. And Herman, yeah. please lay one of those facts down because <laughs> I am upset. Okay. <laughs> All right. Very good. First fun fact. The first person ever convicted of speeding in a car was going eight miles an hour. <laughs> that's that's <Wow>. incredible. <laughs> it was... Do you know what the speed limit was? Yes, we do. <laughs> he was going four times the speed limit. The speed limit was oh, two nice. miles an hour. My God. Wow. <laughs> However, it was in 1896. So cars back then, like eight was really doing it, man. That was something else. Wow. The cop is impressed that the car got to that speed. The cop caught up to him on his bicycle. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And the ticket for speeding, four pounds. Wow. Pretty steep in those days, I remember. Back then, that's not a small amount of money. Yeah. Interesting. It's a decent amount. It is interesting, isn't it, Dave? That's why they call them fun facts. Okay, the final goal conceded by the fire in this game. Espinoza gets beaten again, this time by Paul Ariola, who isn't a dribbler. Like, that's not his game. So that's not a good sign. Uh, and then Ariola kind of moving back against the grain, fires a shot. It might as well have gone in laser beam right to the, the top bar. However, it bounces out. Okay, let's deal with it. No, Kamara already has two goals, is the central striker, the person you need to make sure just you know, don't let them score, is standing wide open in the six-yard box. What? What is happening? Yeah. yeah, it was ridiculous. Hat trick in the first half takes a two goalie now on Rui Diaz, 16 to 14. What? It's just what? pathetic. Pathetic. Fire garbage. And oh, anybody man. who's in the competition right now for a goal scoring lead, or even if you're, you know, trying to get into the playoff picture, like we have to you have to be looking at your chops if you got us on the schedule for the rest mm-hmm. of the year because we look mm-hmm. awful. Woof. Even Inter-Miami was excited to play us. Yeah. Uh, Stojanovic, in between those two PKs that we conceded, missed two sitters, missed just two easy goals for me. One of them was a heck of a kick save by Bill Hamid, who is known to do that. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Put him in. I don't care. Yeah. It was brutal. (laughs) Totally different game if he hits those. Like, it's so upsetting, you know? (laughs) And he's been the guy who's almost been automatic for us too. The one guy who could actually put it away and nothing today. Right. So I'm upset. I (laughs) am angry. If it's me at halftime coaching, there's lockers being broken. There's paint peeling off walls. I am screaming at people. 
But Wiki makes no changes until the 60th minute. What? What? Why? What? How could it get any worse? I, what? So why wait here? Brilliant. Why minds. are we waiting? Yeah. Why are we waiting? Just uh, so to make things better. After the game, Ali Seda and Jimenez broke team rules, get sent home from the travel roster. So now they're not even available for the game against Montreal on the weekend. It, they are available for this game on Wednesday, which again, the pod will be out after Wednesday, but it had definitely affected the selections for the Montreal game. Also, Calvo is injured. We do a slight hooray there. I mean, think of the positives. Uh, he got injured <laughs> playing with Costa Rica. Um, so he will be out probably uh, for the rest of this week. It sounds like it might be a longer term type thing. Okay. <sighs> do we know what Ali Seda and Jimenez did? Um, no, nothing specific was laid out, but I, I'll bet it was a McKinney type, um, met some people out that maybe mm. they then remained with for some time. Not that I'm implying anything nice. from Weston McKinney yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know under normal circumstances, I would look at Calvo is getting injured as well. Maybe I'm not wishing injury upon anyone. And I hope that he does recover um, and that it is nothing serious, but maybe you avoid some boneheaded plays, but he's not the, been the one doing that recently. Plenty of other players on the team have been doing Same. that. He normally um, doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It's They're just like, garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't Yeah. If it's not one, it's someone else. And that's really not a good sign at all. <laughs> hey, got one more of those interesting facts for us. I sure do. Although this one is, well, we all knew it, but I found it funny. Um, the new car smell that people like, mm-hmm. you know, I the do. smell of a new car, mm-hmm. pretty much just a combination of 50 plus chemicals all of which are volatile organic compounds. What does that mean? Uh, Toxic, dangerous, found in nail polish, auto fuel, and petroleum. Yep. I kind of figured it must be something that was killing you. It is not good. I do like those smells. Yeah. Yeah. So just next time you're loving that smell, no. It is killing you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're the next one. The next one will be more fun and uplifting. Excellent. Think of the positive. Exactly. Focus on the positives. And the positive of that fact is that by the time you actually get the new car, it is, they're all at such low levels that it doesn't actually do much harm to you. But the fact that like all of those volatile scents coming together form something that we just love. It's like, what goes on in a human's brain? That is remarkably yeah. human, isn't it? <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. It's very interesting. All right. We made it through the first game, BC United. <sighs> Moving on to Montreal, Sunday, September 19th. This is another loss for the fire. Zero to two. I, for one, thought 
the fire looked a lot better in this game than they did the last one. Scoreboard shows that. Um, Keeping yeah. it positive. Slonina yep. got the start. I thought played very well. Keeping it positive. He did. He did. He had a wild save in the 22nd minute too, where he just laid out and scooped up the ball at the feet of the offensive player. It was awesome. Positive. Positive. Hmm. Falling back to the negative, pretty even and boring first half, if I were honest. And Montreal makes a major tactical change going into the second half, which is what changes this game up quite a bit. Ahmed Hamdi comes in and replaces Samuel uh, Piet, who is one of the better Montreal players. So that's a pretty big move coming from the manager. Uh, It's slightly more attacking. Piet's more of a, a six, likes to hang out in the backside of the midfield. Whereas Hamdi was just told, go run around, go be a chaos, be nuisance, just move around, cover a bunch of ground, um, plays slightly more attacking than Piet. And also Montreal realized that there was no speed threat from the fire. So they were just squeezing us anytime we had the ball. And it's something that I didn't think about, but is definitely a consequence of Frankowski no longer being on the squad. Uh, another thing that I didn't like was the Fire's line of confrontation was so deep in their own half, especially in the second half. You're just asking for it. And the possession showed it. It was 62 to 38 in favor of Montreal. Just wasn't great. Yeah. Also, we're going to start to see a trend here. Wiki does not make a sub until the hour mark around this game, which I don't know if, Dave, you have more thoughts on this. But it leads me to believe that Wiki is trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Just I would mm. totally agree with that. Like my plan is gonna work. Okay, it didn't work for 45. I'll give them 15 more minutes after I correct them mm. a little bit at halftime. If it doesn't work, we still have a half an hour to change things by the end of the game. I mean, the game's already out of hand. The, we it, it's too late. The midfield was out of sorts with Hamdi running around. Uh Mihailovic was very good in this game. Definitely mad still. <laughs> like, yeah. Definitely motivated. Yeah. Um, and the, it basically, Montreal had the ball for the entire second half until mm-hmm. the goal. Hamdi is causing havoc, makes a run out, out wide. Federico Navarro gets himself out of position because of this run, provides a passing lane into Kyoto, who then has a one-touch back pass to Mihailovic, very cleverly moved in behind where Federico Navarro should have been. And then a, just a beauty of an outside of the foot, perfectly weighted right back to Kyoto. Mihailovic is second in the league in assists with 11 behind Carlos Heel, who has been OP by the way. And uh, yeah, that's who we got rid of in this off season. Yeah. Upset. Yep. Not a ton of fun, not too fun games to watch. So time for another fun fact. Did you know that you lose up to 30% of your taste buds functionality during flight? No way. I bet you both have had airline food, though, before and gone. That's kind of gross. That's disappointing. Yeah? So there's a hole in Seinfeld's logic on that airline food Mm -hmm. joke. Interesting. So the dryness experienced at high elevation and with that recycled air in the plane, as well as the low pressure reduces the sensitivity of your taste buds to sweet and salty foods by about 30%. Uh, And the dry cabin air affects our ability to smell 
as well. And smell is a huge part of taste. So it leads things to just taste flat and boring when you're in a, in a plane uh, during flight. So my challenge to everybody is go get a snack that you love to eat. Gummy bears is my go-to in an airport. Eat some before you get on the plane and then eat some when you're at flight elevation and see if you can tell the difference. Cause I bet you can. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That really distracted Science. me. That's fantastic. <laughs> Science is cool. But to bring us back in, uh, first sign of a coach on the hot seat, denial. He just is in complete denial for the first 15 minutes of the second half. Should have been right at the halfway point. You're totally right, Brady. Like, yeah, let's go. Get your crap together here. Probably true. Yeah. I was just going to ask, is Wiki, how warm is Wiki's butt? On that hot seat right now. I don't think he's sitting. I don't think he's sitting. Yeah. (laughs) That seat's too hot to sit in. He's standing up or at the very least moving around. I don't even know if that's the question we should be asking though. Because (sighs) it's like, is the front office going to do something? That's really fair. You know, like because Espinoza was someone I picked on a little bit earlier. He was an off-season signing, and I have not seen any lick of improvement which both could be on wiki, but also, you know, we're playing the same people over and over because we don't have a ton of depth Mm -hmm. and maybe Mm -hmm. we're trying to be too quick about this because it is a, you know, this is only year two of this takeover, but it's not, it's not good. It's not good. No, no. Hopefully the fire can improve in the coming matches. They have new England Wednesday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. In Nashville, Sunday, September 26th at noon. Nashville, I believe you said we're playing uh, on Sunday. We're playing at home against Nashville. They're second in the conference, least goals against. uh, And they're really not bad on the road either. They don't win a bunch. They're two, three, and five. But that means it's hard to beat them even because they've been tying a lot of games, which away from home, that is, it's tough to do. They simply don't beat themselves, and that's something that the Fire love to do. Yep. Tough matchup for them. Hopefully the Fire can right the ship. At least be competitive in one of these coming games. Please. Moving away from the Fire. Moving to a positive topic for me. The game of the week, which we chose as Tottenham versus Chelsea London Derby that took place yesterday, September 19th. Ooh, what a victory. Uh, Victory sip. London's blue. For Chelsea. Yeah, baby. Chelsea came away with the victory. Three to zero. One-handedly over the hot spurs. Not great. Let me get into the lineups for the home team. We had Loris in goal. Played a 4-3-3 with Emerson Royal getting a start on right back. Christian Romero, Eric Dyer at center backs. Serge Reguillon out left. Hoiberg played the six. Deli Ali and, and Dombele played dual eights and were pretty aggressive about it. And then what was the most interesting was the three forwards were Sun playing in the middle, Harry Kane out left, and Lo Celso out right. Chelsea, on the other hand, so that was pretty aggressive for Spurs. Those dual eights, that's a pretty 
you know, aggressive pick. Chelsea played their 3-4-3. Kepa and goal had uh, Christensen playing the right center back. Thiago Silva sweeping it up. And then Antonio Rudiger playing out left. Mm-hmm. And then Espilicueta playing the right wing back is pretty conservative. He's not as aggressive as Reese James is going to be. Jorginho Kovacic, you know, those are sixes. They want to be in their own midfield making plays back there. Uh, Marcus Alonso out left. Mason Mount, Kai Havertz as your dual tens, if you will. And then Romelu Lukaku roaming around up top. So the first half, both teams had opportunities in the first 20 minutes. Chelsea has a little run right at the beginning of the game. Tottenham has a set piece look in the fifth minute. Breakaway for Regillon in the 20th minute. Uh, Fun looks for both teams, but really good defense really prevails in that first half on both sides. Right. Uh, And I, as soon as I saw the Reguillon sort of breakaway that he had, I, that pass needed to be better. And Mm -hmm. I knew that Spurs were a little bit in trouble because Mm -hmm. that's something that just needs to click. It needs to happen. Spurs were set up to counter more than they were to keep the ball at home even, which makes me sad and upset. Um, but this was a bad, bad opportunity to miss and something you're not going to get a ton of opportunities like that against Chelsea. When you get to know your team really well, you can tell when things just aren't clicking on a particular day. And I think that's a good pickup from you. That's a good sign of things to come. It's also pretty easy for Spurs specifically because Harry Kane was barely touching the ball. And I mean, any, anyone, let alone an analyst will tell you, uh, you want him to touch the ball a lot. So it's just not a good sign. Uh, Spurs had a really high line in this game, uh, especially in the first half, not necessarily to win the ball, but similar to how they played against Man City. Those three forwards and three midfielders created a grid system to eliminate passes to the middle of the field. It forced Chelsea to play to the wing backs, which Tottenham were planning on. So then the Tottenham outside backs would then come to press. And then Tottenham had an extra center midfielder who would come help and try and win the ball. They didn't win the ball very much, so it was kind of a fruitless exercise, but it neutralized what Chelsea were trying to do in the attack. So moving into the second half of this game, this is where all the excitement takes place. Before we get into all of that, Brad, can you give us a breakdown on the shot statistics? Because there's a ton of them for Chelsea in the second half. Yeah, it's and this statistic is quite telling. The Spurs had eight shots total, two of which on goal. Chelsea had 20 shots total, 10 of which on goal, all of which were in the second half. Yeah. Domination. Yeah. How did they do it? In comes Conte for Mason Mount. So we're switching up the system, actually. Instead of being a 3-4-3, now it's a 3-5-2 for Chelsea. They have three center mids in there to kind of match what the Spurs center mids were doing. So now if a Tottenham outside back comes to press the wingbacks of Chelsea, you don't have that extra midfielder to come help or you're just leaving another center midfielder wide open. So now we're dealing with 1v1s outside. You don't know if you're supposed to go to that wingback or not. If you're a Tottenham player, it immediately leads to a cross just because there was so much space out there. Um, That creates the corner kick that will eventually result in the first goal. And actually, when this play happened, I was pretty excited because Emerson Royal defended the far post very well, which is something that the Spurs outside backs have been a little bit weak at. So it was good to see 
here, keeping the vibes positive. He actually was doing his job on the far post. Excellent. <laughs> no goal scored till the 49th minute, but Tiago Silva has a header for the first strike for Chelsea. It's an inward swinging corner kick from Alonso that finds Silva, who is pretty open in the box. He has a defender on him, but what was mentioned during the game is that none of the Tottenham defenders really played the ball there aggressively, and Silva played the ball aggressively, won, and got the goal. Uh, To be fair, Silva's very good. He's been doing this a long time. He knows what he's doing. Uh, From a strategic standpoint, what you notice is he doesn't even enter the box until the corner kick is about to be taken. What they're trying to do is, okay, I've got my people in the box. I'm marking those people. And then he's supposed to sneak in and kind of be a late option. Uh, Another problem with this one was Ali, who was covering Silva, doesn't jump. And he's shorter and not as strong as Thiago Silva. It's kind of a problem. You need to jump there and at least throw him off. Instead, it's a perfect header into the far post. And I'm upset again. It's beautiful. (laughs) Momentum is going to continue to swing Chelsea's way. 57th minute, Conte puts in the second goal for Chelsea. He has the ball at the top of the box, and the Tottenham defense sits back, waiting for him to approach. So Conte says, all right, boots it, bounces off of Eric Dyer, who doesn't see it coming, bounces off the far post, trickles in. Perfectly. And Loris (laughs) just kind of looks back at it and... That's can't that's do anything it. about it. Nothing. Yep. Yeah, nothing he could do. I did notice early on and throughout this season how deep Hoiberg gets when he's playing the six. And you have to remember professional soccer players just outside the 18 might as well be the six yard box. Like if you give them time, they can put it in. This is one of those just crappy deflections. I just the the mistake here is come out and pressure him. In fact, you want to encourage Conte to shoot here, but not like this. Not with that much time. (laughs) And again, Chelsea has pretty much all the momentum on their side right now. They continue to have an obscene amount of opportunities to put another goal in. I'm frankly amazed that they didn't. Yeah, way too many. Uh, It was... Dominant is the word that you use, Brady. That is correct. They were kind of shooting at will. Yeah, all over the place. Uh, They didn't score again until uh, stoppage time. In the second minute, in the second minute of stoppage time, Rudiger puts in the final goal for Chelsea. Nail in the coffin for Tottenham. It's a corner kick for Chelsea. Werner (laughs) winds up with the ball on the far side of the box. Clearly looking for Lukaku, who's right in front of the goal. He is well covered by Tottenham. Rudiger is right near the penalty mark and pretty wide open. Yep. So Werner squeezes it in there and Rudiger squeezes it right inside his defender and into the goal. That was a uh, no hesitation kick for Rudiger right in near post, pouring salt in the wounds of the Spurs. Yep. And he wasn't even excited about that goal. Just kidding. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just so many things going wrong. Emerson yeah. Royal is tired, and also it's 2 nothing, and the game's over. And 
He just is standing in his own box, allowing Werner to just keep coming into the box. Like you said, Lukaku makes the hard near post run. All the defenders have to go with him. And Rudiger's just says, oh, I could be open here and just pops off the far post right at the penalty spot. I mean, I feel good for Rudiger. Good for him. Uh, otherwise, I'm just upset. <laughs> <laughs> so, aftermath. I learned that I shouldn't be nice in my predictions because mm. I was wrong. You're right. I thought Tottenham, thought Tottenham right. would put up more of a fight, honestly. Me too. Uh, and they, they did in that first half. Second half did not. The thing that I'm noticing with Chelsea, and I think this is a sign of good coaching, is their halftime adjustments are excellent. Whether it's the game against Liverpool, where mm. right before the half, they get a red card, they lose a player. And they come out in that second half, adjust the defense, and are able to hold it at a draw. Or this game, where they completely change what they're doing after halftime, and that leads them to three goals in the second half and virtually unlimited opportunities at the goal. Tuchel is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I am very excited to continue to watch this team. Really glad I made the pick that I did. (laughs) So I guess one random thing that I'm going to say right now though that just kind of popped in my head is if you didn't start Conte, what were you thinking in the first place? Do you think Tottenham's that bad of a team that you don't need to start Conte from the beginning? Or was he just coming off injury? Yes, he's coming. he was coming off of injury. All right, all right. Then that's fine. I think yep. you were also just trying to dig at me, Dave. I was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, it I'm was just playing into it. <laughs> Conte has had an ankle injury for, I don't know how long and is now 100% better. I think that was just a last, like, we won't give you the full game. If you want, if you're feeling good, we'll let you come in. If we need you, we'll have you come in. And they did. And just it worked. They did. He must've yep. got sick of it. He's just like, let's just win this game. <laughs> Boom. Done. Game over. So sad. Do you have any more of those interesting facts? I do, Uh, actually. We're going to save them for the fire. Here's the last (laughs) one, because I really want to talk about this. Pringles are not actually potato chips. Get out of here. Oh? They are not. They are not made of thinly sliced potatoes that are deep fried. What they are is dehydrated potato flakes pressed into their shapes. That's why they are less greasy than typical potato chips. Okay. But what what is the difference between a potato flake and a thinly sliced potato? Dehydrated potato flakes. Like oh, I picture picture the instant mashed potatoes. Yes is basically what they're using. Interesting. So they got in trouble with other potato chip manufacturers who went to the FDA and were like, hey, this is not a potato chip. It can't be called a potato chip. So next time you look at a can of Pringles, you will not see the word chip anywhere on it because they're not allowed to do it. And Pringles said, fine, we'll call them potato crisps. And that's what they're called. Is that why they made their... their chip vessel impossible to grab the chip from 
<laughs> I don't know, but yes. I do know they're delicious and we would That's love true. a sponsor from Pringles. <laughs> get it. Let's get it. <laughs> really quick, before we go into the news for our EPL teams, the U.S. women's national team played Paraguay this last week, came away with the heavy victory, 9-0. to zero. That is a, a baseball score. It was. was not really much of a game. However, nope. uh, the Carly Lloyd retirement tour, Brady, that you've been pointing out, got off to a yep. very fine start. She scored yeah. five times, four of which were in the f- f- first half. Um, and they play Paraguay again tomorrow before this podcast is released. So I would imagine it'll be something similar to this previous game. I'll bet it'll yeah. be a, a rotated squad. Whoever didn't play in game one will play in Lord. game two. And yeah. And yeah, and the rotated. <laughs> yeah, slash <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. So going back to the EPL here, Brady, we'll start with you. Tottenham news. Yeah, get me out of the way. Uh, we play <laughs> Wolves on Wednesday, as in yesterday was your listening, dear listener. Uh, we play in the Carabao Cup. I mean, I care about it because we need big to win a trophy. But yeah, it's it's a big tournament for Tottenham and basically only Tottenham. And then we got the North London Derby on Sunday, which is pretty exciting and hopefully a get right game. Although I'm not feeling oh super God. confident. If you guys lose that game, that's going to be really sad. <laughs> I might have to miss. <laughs> we'll be randomly absent. <laughs> All right. Uh, Liverpool now, Dave. Give us the news. Oh, good my time. All right, uh, Liverpool beat Milan three to two in the first uh, week of the Champions League. Uh, which can I say was an awesome win, but it was not the best. Uh, it was a pretty down first half. Like we started off one uh, nil and then gave up two sloppy goals right before the half. And you thought you were going to walk really right bad. through them, Dave. I kind of did, and honestly, we probably should have. Like I said, sloppy. Let's get this out of the way, though. So it was good. That was the first game. Solid comes out, scores three minutes into the second half, and then Henderson hits a worldie in the 69th minute to seal the three points. Go and watch the highlights. Nice. Liverpool took care of Crystal Palace this weekend, 3-0. This was expected. And I'm, again, happy to see Liverpool taking care of the weaker competition this year. This is what was missing last year. And you have to kind of credit to Van Dijk and the defense looking solid again. This is what it will take to stay in the title race. Upcoming games for Liverpool. We play Norwich in the FL Cup tomorrow before this episode's released. Brentford this weekend, September 25th at 11.30 a.m. Buzz, buzz. And then uh, FC Porto on September 28th, which is actually after our recording of the next episode. But I figured I'd just throw that out there. Just remember to watch your Champions League games on Tuesday and Wednesday. All right, my turn. Chelsea won their match against Zenit in the Champions League round, but Mendy, their goalkeeper, picked up an injury. So he did not play against Tottenham uh, yesterday, and he is probably going to be out for the next game. And Pulisic is still recovering as well from his injury. He's also doubtful for their next game, which is against Aston Villa for the EFL Cup third round this Wednesday, September 22nd. However, focusing on the positive, Conte is back. He's been battling an ankle injury for some time. He is 
back. Good form. Good news for Chelsea. Bad news for the rest of the league. He's back to fully fit, are his words. Happy to have him. I mean, I love him, but I'm still upset. (laughs) Should have stayed with Leicester City, man. (laughs) Nope. Good call, Conte. I want to take two seconds to laugh at Manchester United real quick, too. (laughs) Young boys in the first round of the Champions League last week. Juan Basaka got a red card in the 35th minute, and the young boys won it at the dead. The 90th. The fifth minute of stoppage time in the second half. Jordan Sibachu. Yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yep. Who was I? And that just, yeah, I got to say, after how scared I was last week, it was just nice to see him get knocked down a little bit. They're still very good. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Also, Take Cristiano Ronaldo has scored in every game since he's been back. So <laughs> ridiculous. Not looking forward to playing Whatever. them. <laughs> Whatever he does. <laughs> Whatever. Looking ahead to next week, our game of the week will be an MLS showdown, Sporting KC versus Seattle Sounders, September 26th at 6 p.m. This is the battle of the highest scoring team versus the least goals against in the conference. SKC, highest scoring. Seattle, you can't score against them. All right. Score predictions. I am going to go with Seattle winning this game. I think it's going to be a relatively low scoring affair, though. Two to one. Two to one Seattle. I've got SKC. They're at home. Two nothing. Ooh. I think they put two away. I'm going to do Seattle three to one. They always Ooh. come out big for big games. I think Rui Diaz will score two early. Ooh. Seattle will get one oh. back. And then Seattle, or I'm sorry, Sporting Kansas, Kansas City will get one back. And then Seattle will get another one late. Oh. One. That's your script, Bold. folks. Bold boys. Other games that are happening this week. Atlanta versus Inter Milan, September 25th at 11 a.m. Chelsea versus Man City, September 25th at 6.30 a.m. Big one. Big one. Finally, the 6.30 a.m. game. I'm (laughs) definitely going to get up to watch that one. Love it. I'll be falling asleep, but yes. Mm -hmm. Then we have Tottenham versus Arsenal, September 26th at 10.30 a.m. And a Champions League update early next week before our next episode is released. PSG versus Man City, September 28th at 2 p.m. Big boys, big boys duking it out. And Chelsea versus Juventus, September 29th at 2 p.m. Two big matches. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. Boys, it's it's been a week. It's been a week of sports. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share? Any positive closing thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap things up? Oh, I had thoughts, but none of them positive. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Something just happened live, but I guess I'm not going to see it since we're being positive. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Save that momentarily. Yeah. Let's get out <laughs> clean while we can. Get out. <laughs> Run. 
We are on Instagram at Windy City Wingers, all one word. Stop over there, give us a follow, check out what we're up to each and every day, each and every week. Our link to our Patreon is in our description on Instagram as well. Feel free to shoot us an email, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. We love feedback, suggestions, and any questions that you have about, about us or about the podcast. Brady, if people want to reach out directly to you, where can they do that? I am on Twitter at stat underscore bro. And then Instagram at bradthebard13. And Dave, where can our fans find you? I'm on both Twitter and Instagram at WCW Dave. And while you're running from all the negativity that we give you guys, make sure you're listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Love it. Thank you both. Thank you to all of our lovely, lovely listeners. We will check in with you next week. Have a good one. Stay positive.